What do millennials really care about in church? The answer might just surprise you. Welcome to the Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am passionate about Christian worldview. I talk to pastors and Christian leaders to encourage all believers in Jesus to live out a life of faith and discipleship. I conclude my conversation with Andrew Grissom and William Merriman, two millennial pastors from Memphis, Tennessee, and hosts of the Wandering Years podcast. We talk about what millennials are really searching for in a church. It's far simpler than we think. The church is one of the oldest institutions on the planet. It was the only institution that Jesus directly ordained. What do we need to do to get people of this age group back into the church or the church to be more trusted by people in this age group? It's, it's a two-way street, obviously. So yeah. what, what, has to, what has to happen? I think so often, you know, we're looking at what kind of worship style do we offer? What kind of social media do we offer? You know, are we singing the the newest songs off of Caleb or something along those lines? And and I think we're missing the point there. Young adults are young adults are not looking for um, young adults are not looking for the newest programming that in this that and the other. Uh, they're looking for people who are truly living out what Acts 2 is talking about. They're eating together. They're worshiping together. They're praying together. Uh, they're coming together and they're being in community. Uh, and I think, I think where we in the church has been so focused on the sort of programming that will get them in the doors, we need to change as the church uh, a, a mindset of saying, hey, let's go out and get them. And it doesn't start with it doesn't start with the big programming. It starts with the with the one. It starts with the one. Uh, it starts with the person who turns around and looks and looks and sees a young adult who might be sitting in the back of their church by themselves and says, "Hey, let's go have lunch together after church." And I want to know about you. Uh, we want to the hope and the prayer and what young adults are searching for is people that don't just say they care for them, but they back it up with action, with thought, with care. They really are a community uh, because I think so often that a young adult and really anybody in the church, they're, they're not going to hear what you're trying to say to them until they know that you are for them and that they love and that they are seeking after Jesus with you. And so I think that, um, you know, I, I look back at Mark chapter five, where where Jesus calls the demons out of the demon possessed man and sends them into the pigs, and and the people are freaked out, right? And they're and they're going into the city and they run back. And what people miss so often in Mark chapter five is when the people get back, they see the man who had been once covered in demons for so long, he was fully clothed. He was in his right mind and he was sitting at the feet of Jesus and he was just listening to him, you know? And I think, I think that is a beautiful, powerful picture that a man who had been uh, taken over by so many demons for so long, the first thought that he had as soon he as he was of a free mind and a free will was he was saying, Hey, I just want to sit at Jesus's feet and listen to him. And, um, and, you know, so I think for young adults, it's not about the programming, man. It's what it, it's what does it mean for us 
to be intentional and looking. And this is for, for the people who are listening to this today. What does it look like for maybe one young adult in your community, one young adult in your church to reach out to them and say, hey, come over to my house and have a meal with me. I want to know who you are. So many young adults don't have that. They're sitting at home alone and they're eating dinner alone. Uh, and so you would be blown away at how much a simple invitation like that would mean to them. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to throw it over to William. And hear so w- William, it's, it's not about whether your church is liturgical, which is I'm, I'm a frozen chosen Presbyterian, uh, and, or it's not about whether you're rocking the aisles, which is what my wife likes to do. I, I wear foamies when I worship her and, uh, with her. It's about being genuine and it's being about community. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's, that's a big piece of it. Uh, this young adult generation is the most connected uh, from a, a technology standpoint, but really the, the most lonely. Um, and then they also have, you know, the greatest zeal to change the world. And the church is the one place where you could find the solution to both of those things. I'm going, to inter- um, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second, because you said something that was extraordinarily powerful, is that they are the most connected generation that we have ever had, but you are also the most lonely. The most lonely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, they, you have this, um, this illusion of community or of life, um, but really it's uh, a lot of it's... Um, online or a lot of it's really substanceless. And uh, my goodness, um, the church uh, for 2000 years has developed these really ancient practices of some of the most life-giving community um, that's so real and so grounded. And so I think, um, you know, the place that the church has kind of missed the missed the boat on this one is that in trying to be too relevant, you know, going online or blowing up social media and doing all those things, it's actually made itself um, the least relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just become another part of the feed. Um, and so really what churches need to lean into uh, is what is ancient, what is historic, what's orthodox, what's sacramental. Um uh, and and giving people a real a real like something that is real and tangible. If you if you look at young adults, they're not listening to <laughs> like CDs anymore. They're going back and listening to vinyl. They want something old. They want something ancient. They're not taking pictures on iPhones as much anymore. They want Polaroid cameras, something real, something to hold on to. Uh, and I think the church goes back to um, you know its ancient practices of being sacramental. Um, of gathering around communion, focusing on baptisms, you know, laying hands on each other. Like these kind of things are really radical and really powerful. And it's something that um, I know in our church that our young adults are hungering after. Um, And then something else too, I'm a firm believer that the gospel is caught, not so much taught. Um, it's, it's really, you really soak it in almost through osmosis by being in community. And, um, a big piece of that is, um, like Andrew said, really taking a personal interest in the one, um, and, and including them, um, into just the regular, like regular operations of your life, um, inviting young adults over for dinner, 
Uh, even, I mean, even if you're just working on a gardening project, inviting someone over to help, help do some yard work or just be, be involved in their life. Um, because I mean, they really are hungering after real human connection. Hmm. And, um, and then I would say this, just the last thing, Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And even though the, the statistics, you know, aren't, aren't looking good, um, Christ loves the church. It's his, it's his bride. And, um, and yeah, it's not going anywhere. Amen. Bill Hybels, who wrote the, who, who wrote the book on mega church also came out quite a few years ago with a mea culpa that said exactly what you folks are saying is that we've missed the boat. It's not about program. It's about discipleship. And that's exactly what you're saying is that Millennials are not coming to church because there's no genuine discipleship making. Well, and that's, you know, I think too, that's the thing we are. If you look at our churches right now uh, in a global sense, we are missing the boat. uh, Not even just in our young adult years, but I would argue in a lot of our years of, of teaching and, and showing and modeling what true discipleship was. Look at what Jesus did. I mean, look at what Jesus did with the 12 disciples. You know, he walked and he lived so much life with them and he taught to thousands of people, but we're missing the boat on that. We got to get back to what it means to be one-on-one seeking after and seeking to be closer to Jesus together. Yeah. If I could say, say one more thing in, in college, the thing that really was um, just like a resting place for my soul were a couple older Christians um, inviting me in. Um, And so I, I went to a small Methodist church uh, the average age there was like 70 and, um, a couple of, uh, and then there were all retired folks living, um, in middle Tennessee. Uh, and, um, they would just, uh, took a real genuine interest in me and, and would invite me over after church into these beautiful homes and make food for me. And, um, and it, it really felt like home. It felt like somebody really seen me, really loved me. And uh, the same thing was true on Friday nights. A Christian philosophy professor, he's one of the, he was the, one of the only Christian professors on campus, would invite a few students over on, on Fridays when the whole rest of the campus was, you know, turning up and, and, go, and going crazy. Uh, I would drive over um, and just share a meal, like Andrew said, break bread and, and be together. And it gave me a, a sense of home and, and security. And, um, and I, I think, you know, if, if, anyone in the church can, can do that. And I think it would be a really wonderful way to, to reach and touch our, our young adults. So Uh, Thomas Aquinas once wrote that uh, after the fall, he wrote before the fall, we, we could talk of spiritual things by appealing to the spirit. After the fall, we talk, we can talk about spiritual things by going through the body. And Mm -hmm. so there's nothing like feeding a college student, Amen. Talk about uh, uh, spiritual things and and to create that spiritual bond and that discipleship, uh, and that I don't think that's ever changed. I, I when I was in college, having a good home cooked meal, there was nothing like it. Amen. And then just being able to sit around afterwards and talk and chat and 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 it doesn't take. I, it, it doesn't necessarily take another young millennial to disciple another young millennial. Oftentimes it takes an old, an older person to yes. disciple you, but 
it has to be genuine. It's it, it's not well. I'm checking a box. Okay, I've got my I've got my I've got my three millennials in tow this 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 month. It's just about being. It's just about discipleship making. Yeah. Amen. Final question, guys, is that the pastor's voice is all about developing a Christian worldview, uh, how uh, reacting and interacting with the world around us, uh, with a, a mind focused on Jesus Christ. How can we encourage that in young adults? Really, am a believer that um, the gospel is caught and not taught. Um, I think in our, our Western world, we've put too much of a focus on um, just the mind and the intellect, and so a lot of our, you know, preaching and teaching is is uh, information. But the the development of a, a, a worldview is holistic. And so um, I think that, um, I mean, what you said about Aquinas, that those truths come through the body, I think encouraging young adults to take up ancient Christian practices and those, those kind of practices of formation. Um, so not just learning the information, super important, but I think supplementing that with, um, with the disciplines of the faith. So meeting together, breaking bread, praying, fasting, uh, taking a Sabbath. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many young adults are just tired and feeling like they are running empty, but calling people back to a place of, of genuine rest. Hmm. Uh, it's a, a, one of the clearest moments where I know for my life, I can see that and taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and then just spending, spending time with them. Um, the way that you carry yourself um, it will will be one of the greatest pictures of the gospel um, to them. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the, the ancient saying, Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi, the way you worship is the way you believe. I mm-hmm. think I think modeling our, our, our worship with just um, a genuine sincerity um, and not, not just focusing on the preaching, but making the whole experience um, you know, very worshipful, whether it's the songs or the liturgies. I think liturgy is an incredible, um, it's something that our young adults are really hungering for. Because at the beginning, we said that there's so much suspicion and distrust. It's hard to know what's true. But when you begin to hear these these ancient words put in just a beautiful poetic meter and cadence, your soul can almost rest in, rest in it. And those kind of things go a lot further in shaping, um, you know, your heart and, and your worldview. So the way you worship really will begin to shape, you know, the way you, way you believe. So. Andrew, I just did a podcast with a Lutheran minister now, and he and I are members of the old denominations. He's a Lutheran. Uh, he started it all. And uh, as Presbyterians came along and, and we're old denominations, but what William is saying is that the order and the liturgy, liturgy that comes with these old denominations, there's a place for that in our new society. Yes. I, I think there is, and, and I think there is a beautiful sense of uh, giving people an opportunity, uh, excuse me, an opportunity uh, to think through, yes, what are these liturgies saying? What is scripture saying? What is the Lord saying to me? Uh, and being able to wrestle with that, my, my saying, the saying that I often say is, uh, we have to be, we have to get back to the place 
where the church is a safe place to wrestle with tough questions. Mm. Uh, we, and I, I'm worried uh, that the church has veered away from being that safe place where we feel like we have to, we have to fit a mold. Uh, we have to fit a standard. We have to fit a, a certain, we have to be in a certain box in order to be accepted in church. And people need to hear it's okay uh, to ask questions. It's okay to wrestle with scripture. It's okay uh, to bring up things that they may be going through in their lives because Jesus wants to walk with us in that. And I think the beauty of the liturgies and the beauty of uh, the ancient, the ancient turn modern is we see, hey, for thousands of years, the church has walked out life and, and they've walked out life in the best of times, but they've also had a lot of questions. They've also wrestled through a lot of strife. They've also uh, wrestled through uh, conflicts and disagreements. Uh, but the beauty is that is that we worship a God who doesn't just accept us when we have everything together. Uh, he accepts us when we have questions, have anxiety, uh, are wondering what what is the truth. Uh, and we have questions in our own life. Uh, Jesus accepts us in the same light as well uh, and says, come with me. I love the story of I love the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman and the most unlikely of conversations. I think it's so beautiful that Jesus extends uh, that living water to that woman, even by just asking the question, hey, will you give me something to drink? Uh, will you give me something to drink? And so I think I think we've got to be the place again where people can feel comfortable both at the best of times and the worst of times that God's people are welcome in his house yet again. Uh, and, at, and at the heart of that, is this understanding that we must be genuine. And Amen. If, 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 if there's a big lesson that the church can take is that we're not being genuine. And it's taken your generation to point that out to us in powerful ways. Everything else, liturgy, uh, teachings, everything else is secondary to the genuine disciple, discipleship making that should have been at the heart of the church the entire time. Amen. William, Andrew, thanks for being on the podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you both with the last word. Go ahead. Um, it just really is a, a, a joy to be here and, and to have this, to have this conversation with you and, um, our, our hope and prayer is um, going back to um, going back to scripture. This is Hosea two fourteen. Um, God says this. Therefore, I'm going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. Um, our prayer is that um, if you're a young adult or um, you're anyone out there feeling like um, you're displaced, like you're alone like you've been let out from home or from the church, from community, and you're alone, rest assured that God is with you. Yes. He's the God who hears and he's the God who sees. Um, and he's, his heart towards us is so tender and so kind. Um, and for those of us who are in the church, um, God's calling us to be that tender voice and to see and hear his people. Um, and so my prayer is that we could really be an extension of the hands and feet of God um, going after uh, the one. So, Amen. Andrew, William, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for this time. 
Thank you. Be sure to check out the Wandering Years podcast on any of your favorite podcast channels. The link is in the show notes. We would also appreciate your help in keeping the pastor's voice going. Please use the support the show link to donate any amount to help us cover our expenses. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.